Hello and welcome to Together, uh, a Brighton and Ove Albion podcast, episode 38, I believe. And hopefully, uh, by the time we get to game 38, we are talking about the end of the season uh, as a Premier League team. There's two games to go over today. Uh, I am recording incredibly early. I'm recording right after the game uh, on Saturday because my Sunday is packed full of things to do so unfortunately i haven't really had a huge amount of planning for this one um i'll just be giving reaction as best i can to the last game uh and taking a look at the spurs game which was really it was a tough one because there wasn't a huge amount go on um other than just playing attack versus defense for 88 minutes um but we'll go through it we'll take a look at the good and the bad um and instead of doing the top five stories of the week like i said we just haven't had a huge amount of time um We'll cover Tottenham first, um, and then we'll cover a bunch of bunch of stories uh, in the middle. There's not really a particular amount. We may spend a couple of minutes on each one. We may spend seconds. Uh, we will see how it goes, and then the uh, we'll finish off with the the Newcastle game, obviously, um, and we'll look at what we need to do going forward or how it looks going forward. Uh, the state of play with just two games to go for both us and Cardiff. Um, so on to the Tottenham game. It was, uh, I actually watched it from work, which was, it was funny because every time I looked down, we were under the cosh massively. Um, it was not great to watch. Uh, 78% possession for Spurs um, honestly surprised me when I was reading it because I thought it was going to be closer to 90. Um, it felt like we never had the ball. Uh, the amount of poor passing we were doing was outrageous. Um, our pass success percentage against Spurs, 52%. Um, we have not had a worst game all season. That is our worst game of the year. Um, and obviously, to go in line with that, Spurs had an 88% pass success rate against us in their own house. Um, now, I would imagine 90% of those buggers were in their own half. Um, but, you know, it was an absolute atrocious uh attacking display from the Albion but it doesn't look like we intended to do anything uh, attacking wise it looked like we intended uh, for Lacardia and Andone to provide a bit of bite up front which they did uh, Andone scared the crap out of me numerous times once he picked up his bucking because uh, I thought he may, may end up getting sent off he did not turn down the uh, the intensity one bit um, he continued to go on hard and did not let it go one bit. Um, I'm not sad about it because he kept himself on the pitch and I think it was a great decision. Um, but yeah, it wasn't great to watch. Uh, it was terrifying because you kind of knew it was coming all the way through. Um, I thought Danny Rose was fantastic. Uh, he had a real ding-dong battle out there, um, but unfortunately they were just better than us all the way through. Uh, I thought Vertonghen was unlucky not to score uh, when it dropped to him in the box, there was a couple of unbelievable blocks in there. Um, and possibly the most upsetting part of it was that after all the work we did um, to concede so late, and not only to concede so late, but to concede uh, because Baram Kayal, of all people, after making himself a hero against Wolves, uh, backed off slightly. Um, and he's the one that really costs that goal. Uh, Dale Stevens also in there with a bit of a problem. Uh, in terms of covering him, but it was Kayawi backed off, and it was him that cost us the problem. Um, so it really sucked to have him do that, because that's the last thing we needed, right? Um, but it's we we really kept their front group quiet as well. That's that's the disappointing thing. Uh, Son looked like a shadow of himself. Uh, Lorente was garbage. Mora was garbage. Jansen garbage. Um, 
you know, Deli Ali was really the only positive note for them uh, on an attacking format. And of course, Christian Eriksen after he banged that goal in. Um, but although we played so badly, we looked so good. <laughs> it was really disappointing uh, to not end up coming away with a point. Um, like I said, I felt like there was an air of inevitability about it, but it doesn't make it any better to to see that happen. Um, and the big thing was the shots that we we allowed them. You know, we they had twenty nine shots, um, and twenty one of them were outside of the box. So it's not like we really allowed them to get close to us. We did a great job at keeping them out. Um, we did an incredible job at nullifying everything they threw at us in terms of their front three. Um, we just fell asleep at the last minute. Uh, I thought that pretty much the entire side put in a great shift uh, on Tuesday. I thought Lewis Dunk was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I thought that Bissouma played pretty well um, for someone who had looked like he'd really gone off the boil in recent weeks um, and with the rumors of training ground bust-ups and uh, just general apathy. Uh, I thought he was fantastic. Um, he was all over the place he did a great job at what he was doing um it was very reminiscent of one of the early games at anfield uh when we played at anfield and we played a flat three and basuma was there um i thought he played really well then um and it was very much a similar performance uh on tuesday i thought he was great dale stevens did a fantastic job um you know all of these players are getting maybe 20 30 touches all game and it was it was a serious uh matter of concentration and yet they did great um matt ryan made a couple of very key saves uh all the way through actually um there's been a lot of people on twitter of late asking to get him dropped um again the conversations about his height which is just such such a waste of time <laughs> um but he made a couple of great saves uh he made a couple of great saves against wolves as well um it looks like he's definitely back in the right frame of mind um, I thought Bernardo and Montoya did well. I, honestly, I think they all did well. Solly March did a fantastic job. Um, everybody did what they needed to do. Uh, and, you know, there's no complaints from me uh, other than the fact that we fell asleep for one second. Um, and of all the people to do it, it was bloody Beram Kayao, who, as I said, had made such a positive impact. It sucked. Um, so that's about it, really. Uh, it was. It's tough to do a good and bad for that game because it was just so little... Of consequence going on um as i said it was really just attack versus defense and unfortunately attack ended up coming out on top uh it took them a long time but that's how it was uh so moving on to the middle of the segment with the stories um the robert eaton memorial fund game uh took place on friday yesterday uh crystal palace against brighton and over albion fans um if you aren't aware of all what all of this is about um, Robert Eaton was a Brighton fan who lost his life in the 9-11 attacks. Uh, and ever since then, they set up a uh, REMF fund. Um, they have done a huge amount of good uh, throughout the entire world, funnily enough, um, for kids all over the world who play football. Um, and they play an annual game against Palace fans, um, do a lot of charity raising, money raising. Um, and they played on Friday. Uh, I believe that the Albion won on penalties um five four if i recall correctly um and yeah if you if you have any interest in donating get on there because they are a top top charity top group of people um and it's 
you know, it's something that was a it's a great tribute to the man, and I'm sure he would just be absolutely humbled by the amount of things that have been done in his name. Um, something else, uh, we have a uh, women's the women's final uh, Premier League match this week uh, against Arsenal uh, is actually taking place at the Amex. Um, probably a good job we didn't get beat today because it may well have put people comp people off from showing up again tomorrow. Um, and the fact that we are pretty much almost there um, in terms of safety, it probably indicates the fact that you might get a better crowd than if we got beaten. Um, <laughs> so if you're interested, pop on down to the Amex again tomorrow for the second day in a row. Why not? Uh, the Albion women play. They play Arsenal. Um, Arsenal ladies, Arsenal women, whatever they are uh, called nowadays, are one of the better um, teams. They could win their third title um, if they beat them, if they beat the Albion tomorrow. Uh, so hopefully we can have a chance to play spoiler a little bit. Um, another part uh, that we never really focused on too much... Um, um, Another story is the injuries that we've got running through our team now. Um, one of these is post-Newcastle, um, but Davy Proper went out with a hamstring injury, uh, obviously against Wolves, and I'm not convinced we see him again this season. And Baram Kayal also went down with what looked like an exactly the same hamstring injury against Newcastle. So our central midfield is uh, getting rather shallow. Um, it looks like probably we will be playing with Stevens and Pesuma for the rest of the season there. Um it doesn't look like we're going to have a great deal of choice because hamstrings don't get better very quickly. And it sure as, uh, sure as heck doesn't look like they are going to be easily healed. I swear to God, my cats are not giving me a moment's rest today. I apologize, listener. Um, injuries, they're not doing very well. Is Kiedo also on top of that? Uh, we look shallow at center midfield and we're also looking like we're playing an unfit and un match ready is Kiedo. I love him. He's one of my favorite players to wear the stripes in the Premier League, um, but he does not look ready uh, to play a game. He looks out of shape. He has lost all his speed. Um, he has. He looks almost invisible, um, and I personally hope he doesn't play again this year. Um, the rumors are that he needs an operation in the summer. Um, it's all over Twitter. It's all over Facebook. It's all over Instagram. Whenever anybody brings up his Kiedo, everybody says someone who knows someone who knows someone says that he needs an operation in the summer. If that is the case, uh, after we after the result today, now is the time to put him to bed. Get him in. Get him into surgery right now um, and just call it a day because he is not fit and I don't know why we're playing him. Um, Solly March and Knockout both came on today and made a big difference. Uh, one of them should be starting. Uh, Ali Razor would do a better job, frankly, uh, despite the fact that he's absolute garbage right now. Um, I would rather have a fit Ali Razor than a half-fit Izquierdo because he is not making any effect on the games. Um, against Wolves, he did a great job defensively, but he also he also wasn't asked to play anything in like his style. Um, he wasn't asked to break, he wasn't asked to run with the ball, he wasn't asked to do anything with the ball, really. Um, and it was probably a good job because he ain't fit enough to do it. Um, I hope we I hope we stop it, stop this, whatever we're doing with him. It's crap man management. If it's true that he needs surgery, we need to stop playing him. He needs to go and do it right now. Um, we have just about enough breathing room to probably get ourselves over the line. And nobody can be stupid enough to think he's going to be the difference between a staying up or going down at this point. Um, he ain't. So let's just 
get him into the surgery. Uh, Proper and Kyle, like I said, probably won't be coming back uh, all season. Um, And the other one that I want to talk about really is Bruno. Um, Obviously not injured or anything like that, but the return of Bruno um, to the starting 11 over the last couple of games, who's been mixing in and out with Montoya, uh, he's just been absolutely brilliant, in my opinion. Um, He does so little wrong. He manages the game fantastically. It looks like he's the leader we've been missing every time he's on the pitch. Um, and, you know, I, I actually like Montoya, but I don't think he's the right choice right now. And I hope we I hope we see Bruno start the last two games of the season um, because we need a leader. And however much I love Lewis Dunk, I don't think he has whatever Bruno has. Um, and that's something that can't be taught. That's something that's just natural. Um he has been a huge difference maker to coming back into the fold for us. And I hope that we keep him in there for the last two, because I think he might be the difference to push us over the line if it's in our hands anymore, um, which we'll get to after the Newcastle game. So without further ado, let's get on to Newcastle. Uh, I will just really go through my thoughts, feelings and absolutely shit in my plant pants for majority of the game. Uh, I thought we started the game comp- incredibly disjointed. Uh, when I saw that we were playing 4-4-2, I was delighted. And then I saw that Pascal Gross is starting as a right winger and uh, an unfit and unhealthy is is playing on the left. Baffled. Um, absolutely baffled. I don't understand what on earth was going through uh, Hutton's head in that case. Um, this is not... If that was the 4-4-2 that we would have been putting out at any other point, no one wants 4-4-2. <laughs> you know? And it... We want if we're playing a four four two, let's get knockout, let's get March on there. Those are people that are A used to playing in a four four two and B like good players that can break at pace. Um Pascal Gross ain't it. And Izquierdo, as we just spoke about in the previous bridge, definitely ain't it. Um not anymore, not right now. So great formation, awful execution. I have absolutely no idea what went through Hutton's head when he thought that was going to be a viable decision. Um, I loved the championship pairing of Kyle and Stevens in the middle of the park for a 4-4-2. And it all looked good, but there was a lot of concerns with the decisions on the wing. And it it became very apparent that we had no idea what on earth we were doing. The players looked like they had no clue where they were to be playing. Um, nobody moved past the halfway line on the right-hand side because Gross can't track back or go forward at any kind of pace. And Bruno sure as hell can't do it at his age. So there was no faith in the, in the right-hand side. Um, Izquierdo ain't fit, so he was just not doing anything on the left-hand side. Um, and Murray and Andone didn't really know what on earth they were supposed to be doing playing in that middle together. Uh it was it was just horrific it was i keep i feel like i keep saying it every week we play at home but that was the worst 45 minutes i've seen us play at the amex in for in as long as i can remember so like i don't how do we keep getting worse is beyond me um we switched away from the 442 and went back to a 433 um pretty much halfway through the first half didn't make any difference we were still absolute dog um, and Done was out wide right, absolutely looked out of out of place there. Gross got to come back into the middle, um, 
but he he looked like his head had entirely gone um and the whole thing looked horrific uh we probably should have been four or five down at half time that's how bad we were but we weren't because newcastle looked like they had no interest in going two nil up um they were incredibly uh unambitious once they went one nil up um it looked like a team that was safe and were going through the motions once they got the goal. Uh, and thank God, because we were able to capitalize late on. Um, after the first half, second half was a lot better. Uh, we brought on Solly March, who made an immediate difference uh, taking off Andone. No complaints there. Andone got himself booked very early. Um, and it looked like it was going to be a game that Murray was going to do something well, uh, going to do well in. So it was probably the right right decision to get rid of him. Um and Solly March then immediately went on to the right uh, and Gross moved into the 4-4-1-1 formation we've had a lot of success with for the last season and a half before the beginning of 2019 where it all went to shit. Um, and Solly March made an immediate difference. He was energetic. He was lively. He, you know, he made a huge difference to the entire team. And I don't, it just begs the question of why he didn't start in the first place, you know? Um, he, you know, he had two shots, uh, one on target, which is more than almost anybody else in the entire game. Uh, Glenn Murray had three, but none on target. Uh, and Pascal obviously had one, and he scored it. Um, he had a key pass to his name. Uh, he had 42 touches to his name, uh, which is more than anybody else in terms of wingers had all day. Um, you know, Andone had 23 touches all game. Izquierdo, 18. You know what I mean? Absolutely absent. Um Pascal Gross, once he got into the middle of the park, started becoming a bit more important. Um, but, you know, I don't know why Solly Marsh wasn't starting, and he should be for the rest of the season. Um, there's nobody else that should be ahead of him in the pecking order. Um, and then, of course, the addition of Anthony Knockart on 65 minutes was also way overdue because Izquierdo had no business being on the pitch. Um and he did great too. He made a couple of key passes. Um, his pass accuracy was way up there in the 90%. Uh, only 20 touches, but, you know, he didn't play a huge amount of time. And you expect someone like that to keep the ball when they can. Um, him and Bruno are just an unbelievable duo. I wish to God that we could put them in some kind of time capsule because if you could bring Bruno back to his late... 20s um and have them play together in the premier league they would be a, a mid mid table right wing right back pairing for years to come um but unfortunately that ain't the case uh i thought glenn did really well in the second half he held the ball up he caused them problems he came deep when necessary and crapped their pants they didn't expect it uh at one point i thought duffy was almost playing as an adam virgo-esque uh center forward which was way way early for him uh, it was about 60 minutes in and he was pushing up um i thought basuma did fantastic when he came on um he didn't do anything major in terms of starting attacks or anything like that but he was always that he was the person who got the ball in the middle of the park and looked forward instead of sideways or backwards and it was a great uh great move to get him on it wasn't the intended move uh because kyle was playing fine um but that hamstring that pulled, as we talked about, was the difference maker, and off he went. Um, and Basuma came on, and he did great. And after just over 12 hours, uh, the ball is whipped in by 38-year-old Bruno, uh, headed down by Glenn Murray, who I'm glad we kept on because he gets his first Premier League assist, apparently, um, for Pascal Gross to head in. 
he was brave. Uh, he rushed in. He risked the fact that he may end up getting sparked out by Dubravka. Uh, but he made it. He got the ball. He headed it in the back of the net. And it could be the second season in a row that a Pascal Gross header is the one that saves us from relegation or makes us safe even. Um, it was slightly less dubious uh, this week. As opposed to last, if you remember, it was uh, Pascal Gross's header that went over the line by about like 0.15 millimeters. Um, and, you know, but we're there. We we got the goal. It was long overdue. Jesus Christ. Um, the stadium went wild. I went mental. My voice is hurting from how mental I went. Uh, you know, and we went for the win. Um, we didn't get it. Uh, right at the end, um, Murray was incredibly close. Uh, it looks like it was a combination of, of him jumping too early and also being nudged in the back um, right at the key moment, but we didn't get it, um, so we're probably going to have to hope four points is enough. Uh, we now leave Cardiff in a situation um, who got beat by Ryan Babbles, absolute screamer today at Fulham, which is almost as important a result as ours. Um, because if Fulham had lost or drew, we'd be in a we'd be in a worse spot. So Fulham now have won three on the bounce, um, and they never looked like losing it really until the last five minutes. Uh, Fulham were fantastic for most of the game. Um, they're one of those sides that you get every couple of seasons where they get relegated and then play their best football the minute they're down. Um, it's got to be so frustrating for their fans because. You know, if they'd have played like this all season, they would never have gone down. Um, but they have. So uh, I'm sad to see them go because I've always had a decent spot for Fulham uh, just because the away days have always been so fantastic. Um, but it's nice of them to give us a nice parting blow. Uh, Ryan Babble's shot was an absolute screamer. Uh, and Cardiff really only turned themselves onto an attacking unit after that. They were lucky, probably, honestly. Sergio Rigo uh, pulled a couple of absolute outstanding saves out to keep, Pasc uh, keep Pascal Gross, uh, keep Cardiff out of the goal. Uh, and we got what we needed there. We come into the Amex. We get ourselves a point. We're now four points clear with a way superior goal difference. It's going to take a minor miracle for that to make any difference. Um, so we're now left with Cardiff, uh, who have to play Crystal Palace on Saturday um, at home. And Manchester United uh, away, two last games that they have, um, knowing that both need to be wins. Um, if they fail to get anything other than three points against Palace, they are down. Um, and honestly, like we have Arsenal and Manchester City to go, and I don't see us. It a point is almost not worth it at this point because it doesn't make any difference to us. Um, if they win both, uh, earning another point ain't going to make much difference. It'll put us five points clear, which means two wins still puts us down. Um, I would quite like for us to try and do something um, against Arsenal. I would like us to play a very similar game plan to Spurs um, and Wolves, but with some kind of attacking idea. Um, I think we tend to always do quite well against Arsenal, uh, despite the fact that they're obviously a great side. So I would love us to just go out there and do our best and actually just try and show some semblance of an attack because it doesn't really a point doesn't really matter. Um, I can't see us getting anything against City. So I mean, if we imagine if we go to the bloody Emirates and get a three-point win and we're safe anyway, would just be outrageous. Um, but I can't see Cardiff getting anything 
anywhere anywhere near a win at Old Trafford on the last day of the season. Whether there's anything to play for or not at United, um, I I just can't imagine that they're going to allow Cardiff to get anywhere near three points against them as their final home game and final game of the season. Um, and they're also chasing a top four spot. So we have that look on our side. Um, and before I sign off, unbelievably, we are going to be cheering on Crystal Friggin' Palace next weekend. Unbelievable. Their away record is very good. Uh, the Cardiff players in the tunnel interviews at the end of the game seem absolutely desolate. They look like they are done and dusted before we even got our point against Newcastle. Um, seeing that, it's going to just demoralize them even further because they now know they need to win both. Um, unbelievable. Just unbelievable. They Their heads look totally dropped. Uh, Etheridge was on uh, NBC saying that it was pretty much all over. Uh, and hopefully they carry that mentality into the game next week because I'd love I'd love them to only get a draw. Uh, and that's it from me. Uh, fingers crossed Crystal Palace get ourselves a result. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. I know I will. Um, and I'll see you next week with a slightly more organized and uh, structured approach to the podcast. Uh, have a good one and be safe. It was fantastic.